You are listening to the place where good ideas go to die. This is the Ron Van Dam Show on New England Broadcasting. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night. It's the Ron Van Dam Show. Whatever. Hold on tight, things can get a bit weird, if you like that sort of thing. Welcome to the program, it is indeed the Ron Van Dam Show, don't argue with me, I'm not in the mood. How are you today? Special program? Not necessarily, you know, just the usual stuff. Hey, if you have children in school about to take the SATs, the SATs, I call them, you sit down to take the SAT, well, they're changing it. Yeah. How? You'll have to listen to find out. All right, all right, all right, all right. Let me introduce some of the people that make this show possible. First, there's me. Uh, hello. <laughs> uh, then there's... Uh, 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 clear your voice. Clear your voice, please. Then there's uh, your announcer, John Shanahan, who doesn't have to clear his voice because he's the announcer. And he's also a stand-up comic and a comedian and a comedy writer, and he's on radio. He's, just, he's everything. He's omniscient. He's, he's amazing. And then, of course, there's Nicole Reed who's a British voice that you heard at the beginning of the program. Is she really British? Not necessarily. She books many of the national interviews that we do on this program because I'm totally incapable of doing it myself, or I'm not really interested. And then there's uh, Jason Shaw, who composes and performs the music that you hear as the opening and closing theme and the incidental music. And he's, uh, he's, he's a nice guy, and he does that for this program as well. And then there's some other people, but I don't really care about them as much. And that's it. And that should do it for today. Thank you. Thank you. Make yourself comfortable. This won't take long. Then you can go about your daily activities of doing nothing that's important anyway. So, (laughs) really, what's the point of this, right? That's why I say to people, whatever. Actually, don't say it to their face. The only time I say whatever is when I'm doing the show. Uh, Normally, I'm a lot more caring and sensitive to other people. Not totally. (laughs) Not totally, but more so. More so. Anyway, yeah, we're talking about the SATs a little bit later on. And you're saying, Ron, uh, why? Well, I'll tell you why. Soon. Not yet. Soon. See, I'm doing what they do on the news. I hate this. And I think you probably hate it too. I watch the local news. And they all, they do this only on the local news. Well, they do it on the national news too, but more on the local. They'll, they'll, they'll be doing a story and then they'll say, okay, let's go to the weather. And then the weather guy says, ooh, it's going to be a night you'll never forget. It could be a lot of destruction and death. And we'll tell you about it a little, a little later on in the program. <sighs> Don't do that. Don't do that. And now our uh, correspondent, uh, Betsy Sewell, will uh, do a report on how your life will probably end in just a few days if you don't take this particular vitamin. 
What is the vitamin? We're not going to tell you. Take care. Good night. Uh, don't don't tease don't tease me. I'm not in the mood to be teased. Things are too important in the world today. We we need the information quickly, not after the commercial break. I mean, you know, give me give me the news and then say we'll elaborate later on. But don't don't just say uh, I have some important news, but I'm not going to tell you right now. Suffer. You're going to have to stay with me and listen to all the other crap I'm going to dish out before I tell you the stuff you really want to hear. That's not a news organization to me. That's a tease. You're playing with me. Don't play. Don't play with me. Don't play with me. I hate that. I just hate that. I want. I you know. I I would say I'm not going to watch that that news uh, channel anymore. But then pff, they all do it, so it doesn't really help. You know, it's like uh, getting a call three o'clock in the morning. And it's your it's your sister, and you don't even have a sister. Let's say it's your sister, and uh, she says, "Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't wake you up, but uh, ooh, I've got some sad news." <gasps> oh my God, who died? Well, I'll tell you in the morning. Good night, everybody. Don't do that. Anyway, uh, so that's what's happening today. Is a kind of a special day, as far as I can tell. It happens every four years. Yes, it's time for your colonoscopy. No, it's not that. It's leap year. It's the year that we leap. Have you leaped this year? You should. It's leap year. I'm still not quite understanding why we call it that. It should be we add an extra day year in order to make things right. See, I'm not big on calendaronomy. I don't know why we do this. I don't know why every four years we have to add an extra day. I'm not sure. And why does it have to be in February? Why don't we do it like, okay, the next four years, it's going to be March's turn. It'll be 32 days in March. Um, Then we're going to do April four years after that. That'll be April 31st. You know, why is it always February? It's not fair to the other months like they're speaking up about it. Do you understand why we even do this? It, no, kind of I don't either, to be honest with you. I guess it's just to make things even somehow. For what? Make things even? How? Why? What are we doing? It's February 29th, is that right? Yeah, it's the 29th today. I don't even know. There's 28 days in February. Okay, this will be the 29th. Oh, it's just February. It's very 29th. Um, it's a, it's a, it's the only time this happens is every four years. That and and an asteroid passes over. I really don't understand what's going on here. I know this morning when I woke up because it is such a special day. I saw three wise men, and you never see three wise men together. I've seen like one wise man and a couple of idiots. Or even two wise men and in a questionable third person. But three wise people in one room, you don't see it. You don't see it ever. But on leap year, when we're supposed to leap, what is the leap part? I still don't understand that. What am I leaping? There's probably a chronological scientist who says, Ron, you're ignorant 
uh, you don't quite understand this, do you? And the answer is, no, I don't. And you know what? If I did understand it, what difference would it make? Let's leave it like this. Let's leave it a total mystery why you do this. Is it to totally mess with us? I think it is. I think it is. That's a conspiracy theory. And of course, I'm not into that. But for leap year, all right, I'll be into it a little bit. (laughs) So what do you do on this extra day? This day isn't usually here. This should be a day that you do stuff that you really shouldn't be doing because this day doesn't exist. What, what did you do, Ron? It was February 29th. What did, you, did you rob a bank? Um, even if I did, how are you going to know this day doesn't exist? You can't. You can't say that. If I went to trial for robbing a bank, which I wouldn't do, by the way, because it's too much of an effort. If I went to trial uh, February uh, 28th next next year, they'd say, Ron, when, when did you, this, this crime was committed on 29th, 29th. There is no February 29th. What do I mean? This is February 28th and tomorrow's March 1st. What are you talking about? There is no February 29th. No, last year there was a February 29th. What are you, crazy? What are you, on drugs? Last year there was a February 29th. This year there isn't. You're crazy. And I would win the case and I'd keep all the money. Uh, there's no such thing as February 29th. Maybe for children there is, you know, like Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny and all those things. Tooth Fairy, all those things. Oh, are there still kids in the room? And kids, those three things I mentioned, fantastic. They do exist, at least for the time being for you. No, they do exist, kids. I'm only kidding. This is what I do. I'm only kidding, kids. I'm only kidding. Talk to your parents, though. Um, yeah, February 29th. And that's, that's not real. It's not real. It's like the unicorns. Raise your hand if you believe that there is really such a thing as a unicorn. Look at all the hands go up. These are Republicans, right? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's a joke. I don't mean that. I don't mean that personally. It's a joke. That's probably true. Anyway, <laughs> it's a political joke. February 29th. What am I going to do today? God, this, this was not on the calendar last year. I did not plan to do anything today. It's, uh, I, don't know if, I don't know if it's in my appointment book. I don't know if they actually remembered to make it February 29th this year. I didn't even look. I think they did. Well, tomorrow is March 1st, but I don't believe that's true. I think March 1st comes every 17 years. I think that's what we do with that date. And I think this is the year of the Olympics, but no one said a damn word about that event. Not a word. Do they still have Olympics? You know what? Olympics should just be stopped. There's no point to those things. There just isn't. (sighs) The only point to Olympics is to give people some worth in life who train for like one race for their entire lives. And if that's what you want to do, do it locally. You don't have to travel across the world to compete with somebody from Madrid. I mean, come on, uh, come on, get a life. Your worth is not how fast you run or how you swing around a sawhorse or whatever that thing is called. The parallel bars. 
you really want to do something that's different and exciting and, 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 and impressive, do the unparalleled bars. That's not easy. <laughs> Parallel? Yeah, duh. Unparallel? That's, that's certain death. They make it so easy. And then the gymnastics. Oh, my God. Huh? And then the, oh, when we play tennis, isn't there like a, um, an Olympic tennis team? I don't even know. It's just, um, it's just all so boring. Hey, you know, we have more gold medals than uh, Yugoslavia. Well, I didn't know there was still a Yugoslavia. I don't think there is. Maybe there is. Who knows? You got more gold medals in China. Oh, okay. We've won that uh, global uh, conflict. It's just, it's just so stupid. And the stupidest part of the Olympics, which is really embarrassing, is when they have the opening ceremony. Oh, God, close it already. They make such a big freaking deal out of it. And then they have all the countries, of which there are apparently many, march onto the field around the track or something and they they parade with a, they have their flag and then they parade the people uh around like their prize uh horses or something it's just so freaking boring there's just too many countries oh god it goes on and on it just drones on and on and on and then they light the olympic uh, flame are we doing symbolism here or are we just like stupid and honoring the caveman who invented fire? What are we doing here? The Olympics, give me a break. Used to be every four years, now it's every two. I don't remember an Olympic two years ago. I'm not sure what went on. Was it because of COVID? I'm not sure. I, I, don't, I don't even know anymore. It's, I am so far removed from Olympics to me just getting away. They're just getting away of stuff. It's an election year for president. That's bad enough. That's going to consume us so much. You know and I know that if Trump uh, becomes a president again, he will never leave office. You know that's true. Don't even argue that point with me. You've just elected your dictator that will never leave. I mean, is the track record obvious? Of course. Don't get me started. I have two eyes and a brain. I can figure things out. I know what I saw. I know what I went through. It was not hidden in a box. It was out front for everybody to see and endure. Don't tell me what what I saw isn't what I saw. No, what you think isn't what you think. <sighs> That's what they're trying to tell you. I, I have eyes. I use them. They're both uh, operative. Anyway, I didn't want to get into that. It's Olympic year, I think. Leap year, I don't know. Probably. Today, I'll probably... Um, do something that I don't do uh, for a regular calendar year, and that's nothing. But kids still got school, and people still got jobs, and I'm still wearing pants. Okay, 
My guest is going to today be talking about the SATs, and let me move to uh, that introduction at this particular juncture in this particular program. The SATs are a uh, are a, uh, uh, a regulator of how much you know and what college you should be going to and how smart you are and all that stuff. Um, it's there. They really don't. Uh, I don't even know why we have these things. I, I don't know if they have them in other countries. I didn't check, but we don't need this. If you did well in school and in high school and that kind of stuff, then that's enough. You know, colleges, they look at your scores, but uh, they should be looking at your character. Look at your character. That's, that's the people that, that become entrepreneurs, not because they have these incredible educational backgrounds. It's because they're smart. They know they know their personalities are, are well, they suck, but uh, you don't have to be smart in order to achieve. And uh, I, 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 don't like, I don't like us uh, telling kids that uh, you're nothing unless you have a college degree. No, plenty of people are incredibly rich and do incredibly well without them. And colleges should take people in that deserve it. Not because they're smart, but because they're good people. Let's start, let's start getting the good people together. Forget the smart ones and the dumb ones. Let's get the good ones who respect each other, who know how to, how to communicate, cooperate, know how to listen, have common sense. Let's get those together and put those in a school. That school will thrive. I'd invest in that school, not that I'll invest in anything, but if I did, I would do that. Let's stop judging people on their uh, intelligence. Doesn't matter, really. I was, uh, I was a manager of a, a company, and I hired and fired. And uh, I hired and fired salespeople and, and uh, distribution people and all kinds of things. It was, a, it was a sucky job because when I had to let someone go, I mean, that was like I was ruining their lives. That was a horrible feeling, and I, I, I wish I had never been in that position having to do that. But that being said, uh, I would hire people who seemed like they'd be company people to the point where they would be respectful. I wouldn't mind seeing them every day, every weekday. I wouldn't mind working with them. They were good people. They were smart. They wanted to learn. They could be trained. They got along with other people. They weren't assholes. And believe me, when I was hiring for sales, that was one of the, pre- one of the prerequisites. You had to be an asshole. Well, I didn't hire assholes because I didn't want to see them. I don't want to be with them. I don't even look at them. And yeah, um, did you have a college degree? Um, no, I don't care. You're good at what you do. Some of the greatest salespeople, what does that have to do with college degrees? What? Marketing? Yeah, give me, marketing is getting off a bus and selling steak knives to local vendors. That's marketing to an extent. Now, I look at the people. I look at the people, and I think I was pretty good at it because I only hired people that got along. And when people get along and respect each other, 
marvelous things can happen because then they're a team and they work as a team because that's the kind of personalities they have. They care about each other, they care about the company, and they respect the human race. Oh my God, you got the job. Okay, uh, SATs. Uh, I remember taking them, sat down at a desk, pieces of paper, uh, fill in the little uh, dots, and, and uh, no more, no more. Well, how did they do it, Ron? Stop talking to me like that. We're going to take a commercial break, and when we come back, I'll tell you about the one vitamin that if you don't take, you will die probably tomorrow. <laughs> but first, before I tell you that, there's, there's this. Ladies, are you trying to find love online and having no luck? Have you tried apps and websites like Tinder and Match and Plenty of Fish and you still can't find that special guy? Then it's time to try Larry, the first dating app that helps beautiful single women find me, Larry. I developed the Larry app when I realized that most dating apps are just filled with men who have basically a much better chance at meeting someone than I do. And I thought, that's just not right. Why shouldn't a beautiful, single, desirable, hot, sexually active, and largely indiscriminate woman, preferably blonde and between, say, five foot five and five foot ten, with maybe, I don't know, a set of B cups, maybe a C, definitely not D or double D, that's just too much to be honest. Why shouldn't they, she, you, have an easy way to find love and happiness with me, Larry. Using the Larry app is easy. Just take a picture, a recent one, not like one you've been hanging on to for a couple of years or one that you cropped your ex out of. Upload it and press the I'm ready to meet Larry button. Many women who use the Larry app get a response in as little as 10 seconds. Because at Larry, we... I am ready for love right now like right right now got the phone in my hand looking at it right now got my Larry app open and I am so ready the Larry app the best way for hot single women or any women really to meet me Larry guaranteed so ready. Priscilla Rodriguez joins us now. She's Senior Vice President, College Readiness Assessments, the College Board. Thanks for being with us today, Priscilla. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, um, I speak as a layperson. I don't know what's going on here. I'm, I'm familiar with the college boards and the SATs, but going digital, what does that mean? Sure. Yep. So um, the SAT is about a hundred years old, right? Yes. It's had a few iterations. Hey, me of too. Of course, updated it and, okay. and upgraded. <laughs> Happy birthday! Thanks. Uh, and upgraded it um, over those hundred years, of course. But uh-huh. you know, fundamentally, since its inception, it's been it's been delivered on paper. Yes. And that is set to change here in the U.S. Uh, fully and forever um, in just a few weeks, Saturday, March 9th, specifically. We made this announcement that we were going to take the SAT and the PSATs, right? Those kind of uh-huh. practice yes. uh, tests that come in earlier grades, digital, about two years ago, because we wanted to give students, families, and schools ample heads up 
And since that announcement about two years ago, really the feedback we've gotten from students in schools is like a version of it's about time. Uh Um, We were increasingly the last, one of the last kind of big, important tests that students took on paper with those scary bubble answer sheets and a number two pencil. Um, And so uh, we're excited for students to get their hands on this digital SAT that I think is going to feel a lot more natural to today's students. Where where do they physically take the SAT? Is it in a classroom like before? That's right. Yes. Yeah. So they will still take it in a classroom with other students and mm-hmm. a proctor present. This is not a take it in your house SAT. Uh-huh. Um, and that's, of course, because, you know, we want to make sure that it's given in a standardized uh-huh. environment. Uh-huh. You know, the test security is important given the ways that the SAT and the PSAT are used. Mm-hmm. Um, but we think being able students being able to take it on a on a digital device, so it can be an iPad or a tab or sorry, a tablet or a laptop, um, will allow students again to kind of take mm-hmm. this test in a way that is closer to how they do most of their learning at school and a lot of their other testing. Okay. So every student must come to the SATs with a laptop or a tablet. That's right. So just for a second, I'm going to pull apart. There are two ways that students take the SAT. Okay. There's the, the first way is the one we're known for historically. That's, that was the only way until about 10 years ago, yes. which is that weekend morning SAT that most of us adults know and remember because that right. was the only way to do it back then. Yeah. That's a that's how about one third of students take it now, right? So right. a weekend morning at their high school or a local high school. And in that model, yes, a student needs to come with a digital device mm-hmm. um, on test day. We do have a program that we introduced as we as we did this launch, mm-hmm. where if a student does not have access to a laptop or tablet mm-hmm. for about three to four hours on a weekend morning through family, friends, or their school, mm-hmm. they can let us know we have a program for this. And we will actually ship a loaner device oh. to the local high school they'll be testing at that weekend. And it'll be there ready, set up with the testing app on it so that they can use it. We did not want any students left out, right? right if they didn't have access to one. Okay. I'll just say quickly, the other way that students take the SAT, now two-thirds of all students take the SAT this way, mm-hmm. is through a newer program we have called SAT School Day. Mm-hmm. As the name suggests, you actually take it on a school day in your school, generally paid for by your school, and in some cases, the district or even the state paying for every junior in the state to take it. Um, and in that model, the school is the one providing the device for you, so students don't even oh, need okay. to worry about that. Yeah. And that has that's proven to be really effective because especially coming out of COVID, right, with all the remote learning that yeah. had to happen yeah. like so suddenly, schools have these devices, right? M- most students have access to devices in their in their daily schoolwork, and so schools are using those for the the school day testing. Okay, yeah, because part of what was happening with taking it in the classroom was the security of not being able to get the answers from any other source. Uh, is it possible that some incredibly intelligent student or facility could actually have some answers or some tips uh, on their particular personal laptops that would aid them more than someone who didn't? It's a great question, and I'm excited to say that the way that we've built the digital test Mm -hmm. makes it, frankly, so much more secure than the paper test, right? So with the paper test, on any given, whether it was a SAT school day day or one of those Saturday morning days, right? Mm-hmm. We would have hundreds of thousands, if not over a million students testing mm-hmm. on a given day. And they were testing on the same version of the test, right? Mm-hmm. We had to make these tests, print them and ship them, mm-hmm. you know, in advance. 
Um, so test security was critical. We and we, we were proud of everything we were able to do, right. but you know, it's a paper test getting shipped around the world. Uh-huh. With digital, a few things. So first, um, these are tests that are you know essentially encrypted on the device okay. that the student is going to test on okay. until they put in. Yeah. an unlock code that they're provided only once they sit in the classroom. Okay. And that's what kind of unencrypts it and allows them to get started. Okay. That's the first thing. The second thing is that students are testing on a testing app that we developed at College Board. It's called Blue Book. Uh-huh. And that app um, essentially has a feature, other testing apps do this too, that put your device in essentially a lockdown mode where no other app or web page or anything can be brought up. Mm. You can't kind of toggle over to look at anything. Mm. Chats can't come in. Mm. The only thing your computer will let you look at is the test itself. So there's, there's kind of no way to, to bring outside information into the test. Well, they they should use that technology every day in a classroom for a kid uh, that they shouldn't be able to. (laughs) I'm serious. (laughs) All right. It definitely, I mean, it makes distractions nearly impossible. Yeah. So. Okay. Wh- one more question uh, with the feasibility uh, question here, and you're answering all of them quite successfully, may I say, um, is uh, what about uh, a device that a child brings, a personal uh, device, and it's like the processor is like really slow. Maybe the tablet is like eight years old or uh, something like that, and when and they don't get a response, they're not able to. They can get the program, but for some reason, it's it's not it's not f- effectively responding, or they're tapping, but nothing's happening. That kind of thing. That kind yeah, of yeah. No, I love you. I mean, you, mm-hmm. your questions are are getting at so many mm-hmm. of the things that we um, really like put at the forefront of Good. the work as we were doing this. So, I, I love the question. Mm-hmm. So, a few ways to come at that. This Blue Book student testing app that I mentioned, right, yes. where the, the test actually occurs. And and I do want to quickly mention, it's also where the practice tests are, uh-huh. right? So students can actually download Blue Book in advance at any point. Oh, okay, to see if it works. Download. Okay, yeah. Exactly. So for students who are, again, taking it on that weekend model, uh-huh. the one we're historically known for, they are prompted after they register for the weekend they want to do, they start getting a series of emails and in some cases texts from us, right? Test mm-hmm. days coming up, are you ready, you mm-hmm. know, et cetera. They're prompted to download the Blue Book app in advance. Okay. Doing that, first off, gives them access to four free practice tests that behave exactly like the real test, so they can come in feeling confident. Okay. But it also, right, kind of prompts them to make sure, to your point, that the device has enough memory, you know, can connect to the internet, et cetera. And it gives them time if that, you know, isn't isn't working for them to hopefully find a new device. Again, that's where our loaner program would kick in. If they do this in advance and let us know, we can ship them on. Um, And then I'll just quickly say if on test day, they, they, you know, everything went well as they were setting up, but on test day, something happened. Few things we, in every school that is running an SAT, they, they have, we we pay for this role, Uh a role uh, that they've recruited for called, you know, the tech coordinator or the tech monitor. Uh They're literally there to, 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 staff, a tech support room in case any students have issues. I will tell you Uh the needs have been very low for Uh that tech room, but it's important that it's there, right? Even if there's one or two students who need it to initially get on the internet or, or get the app going. And then we have a tech support um, capability in the college board. We've built it just over the last few years where those tech monitors in every school can call in and escalate any cases that seem a little more complicated. Uh-huh. And our tech support are there to support them through it. 
um, we've seen incredibly high rates of success. So in the few times we have students who are struggling, between the on-site tech monitor and then our central tech support, yeah. we've really been able to get you know nearly every student through any issue they're having. And if we can't, they're able to do a makeup, obviously free of charge, and we'll work with them to make sure they're oh, okay. ready for that makeup day. Okay. But there, there, there are no more pieces of paper even available, no matter what. That's that'll be totally gone, right? It is. That's fully done as of a few weeks from now, with okay. one important exception, mm-hmm. which is there are students who receive accommodations, right? Changes to how they access educational materials or opportunities uh-huh. based on you know disabilities or, or mm-hmm. special needs they may have. They can. They will continue to go through our process for uh-huh. managing accommodations that uh-huh. students may need. Uh-huh. And so for those students whose accommodations require paper testing, I'll, I'll give you just one example, but think about Braille, uh-huh. right? A yes. student who uses well, Braille to read yes. and learn. Yes. We will, we will um, ship them, right. you know, in advance a Braille form. Right. Gotcha. So for the students who need it, absolutely. Gotcha. We will still support okay. them uh, with paper as needed. All right. I ask all these questions as a parent from, from the, from the past, uh, I would dare say that every child and every person taking this test is much more familiar with computers than I and would be much more comfortable taking that test than they would with a piece of paper and, and a pencil. They're actually may do better because they're comfortable with this, this new mode now. So it's probably a great thing. So congrats. I mean, yeah. Um, anything else we should know? No, I really op- appreciate the opportunity to talk about it. We, like you said, we're really hearing from students that yeah. this is this is a more natural, less stressful way for them to take, you know, it a is. test that that it matters is. to them as they yeah. think about their future. Yeah, and in their generation, this is this is comfortable and proper. So, who am I to say? So cool. Uh, <laughs> how <laughs> do we? Get, is there your website? Get more information. Yes, absolutely. So, students, parents, teachers can go to sat. dot college board dot org backslash digital priscilla thank you so much for your time today well that'll do it for me today i'll be back again tomorrow thank you to my guests thank you to you i'll be back tomorrow with a brand new program but until that time arrives i wish you peace